Welcome to a great episode of Sports Matters. I'm Kevin Drake and sit next to my partner, Matt Burt. How's it going? Eh, not too bad. Can't complain. Can't complain. I know. What a gorgeous morning. And, you know, we're right in the heart of Rams camp. They just had their first preseason game. But before we get into that, I just want to mention, guess who's back? Who's back? Kenny's back. Kenny. News like and it. views. So I he like will it. be up with you about 8.30. So make sure you stay tuned for his show. He's going to have a great show for you. So we're just so glad to have Kenny back. This nagging cold that lasted three weeks for that poor guy. So. Yeah, and he brought British weather with him. So it's all cloudy and drizzly. Indeed. But first, something big happened over the weekend. I thought the headline was going to read, Jordan Spieth, the first ever to win four majors, the Grand Slam, before the age of 24. However, the age of 24 was the magic number for the winner. It just happened to be his best buddy. And who was that? Justin Thomas, yes. Justin Thomas. That was unbelievable. Just in time. I think that was by far the hardest golf course that we've seen on the American portion of this tour. Uh, Now, was, was that in the Carolinas? North Carolina? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it was Charlotte. It Charlotte. was outside Charlotte. It was Quail Hollow. Yeah, Quail Hollow. Yep. And it, the back three holes were just so tough for everyone. That's the the toughest stretch in, in all of golf. That's what they've been saying. And I was like, all right, we'll, we'll see. And then and then I looked at what the holes looked like. I was like, yeah, I can understand why. They just have, they built a lake around three holes. And they, they call it the Green Mile. Which, oh. The, yeah. For good reason. Yeah, for good reason. And it was giving players trouble. Ricky Fowler, I mean, Sergio Garcia, everyone was getting trouble on it. I know Jordan Spieth was kind of in the thick of things, but I guess he kind of fell off. He didn't have that quite finished like he did the last tournament. He just wasn't he... making his putts. He wasn't making his putts. It's as simple as that. I mean, golf's a game where you need to make putts, and he wasn't making them. Um, but Justin Thomas gets the win, and it's well-deserved. Definitely, um, he he's a very fantastic golfer. It's it's so surprising. His he has such a slight frame. He weighs 155 pounds, and he hits the ball like 310 yards plus. It just doesn't really happen all that often. So, looking at the PGA Tour, I think it was an unbelievable championship. The Watermakers going to Thomas. I like it. I like it a lot. And and in second, we got a good run by Patrick Reed towards the end. Which, you know, he was coming out of nowhere. I, and I watched a lot of this tournament. I watched more of this tournament than I did the other two majors that were in America. I did watch the British Open a little bit, but it was just an unbelievable job of constructing this golf course. When it comes to the, the rough, which was uh, heavy Bermuda grass, which is tough to get out of because you can barely get underneath it. So it was an unbelievable tournament to watch. I can feel for some of these players. They, they feel some of my pain, you know, on the golf course, you know, hitting the <laughs> ball on the lake and stuff like that. Yes. So it's like, you know, it's a little it's a little justice, I should say, but unbelievable yeah. tournament. But it's highly competitive in a sense, you know, when you do the four majors and especially the PGA Championship, it's just a, probably one of the most difficult courses. It's similar in tennis, you know, with the different surfaces. We got the U.S. Open coming up. That's going to be a nice, nice tournament. Like you were saying, just those last three holes. I mean, I didn't watch much of the tournament like you did. I know you were following it much more because you're the golfer of this group here. (laughs) (laughs) I spend too much time in the woods taking too many mulligans. I'm like Ted Knight and Caddyshack where I'm, anybody looking? And I just kick the ball out. The foot wedge? (laughs) Oh, you know it. The foot wedge is really good. I'll tell you what, I I use the foot wedge quite well. (laughs) But those last three holes I did see, and I'm I'm just thinking like, "There's, there's no way. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, what? I mean, you had a submerged green, so you're, that means you have a water all around it, and then you have the next one, which is a par five. 
Um, so you go from a par four, which is 16, and that ends up being like the ha- back half of the hole is off the lake. And then you have um, 17, which is the submerged green I was just talking about. And then 18, you got a creek running all the way up through the middle of it. And the, the creek was the more daunting task because the, the way that they put the pin locations was all right next to the creek. So if you're just a fraction off, you're in the water. And you, you, I mean, you only have a certain area to hit it on that green, or else it saucers off. So it was just whoever constructed this golf course just was, you know, his significant other was just giving him a troubled day or something <laughs> like that because it was just it's brutal watching that. Maybe they told him to make it difficult. Okay, well he sure did. He exceeded oh, his expectations. He made it difficult and then some. You know, absolutely that was tough. That was tough looking, and in, and the scores reflected it. Like I was kind of saying, you know, they the. The Aaron Hills, the the winning score was minus sixteen, and then you look at the Masters. You had a, a tie in the playoffs at at two people at minus nine, and then you had one that got close at minus eight. But the, in this, you see the difference, the gap, which was minus nine to minus seven, which is, that that is a pretty. I mean, like two strokes, it's a pretty big difference. Yes, it was just a tough golf course all around. It was fun to watch, and Justin Thomas, you know, he played spectacularly. Yes, he did, and it's nice too. That's his first major win. Did it at a young age of 24. So it looks like Jordan Spieth is going to hit 24 with his three majors, but he'll still get that grand slam, I'm sure. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Down yeah. the road. Depending on where. Now, this PGA Championship, that changes courses, doesn't it? Yep. Yearly. So, so it's always a public course. Like I that's, see. Yeah. So PGA Championship is always, is they try to put, make it so that the public can go play it. And I don't know why you would want to go play that thing because you would lose. Unless you really want to challenge yourself. Bring a case or two of golf balls, you know, you're going to need at least a dozen. That's just, uh, it's a tough course, that's for sure. Well, I tell you what, moving on over to NFL football because we got to talk L.A. Rams with the Rams camp going on here at UCI. I know I've spent a few days over there last week. And first of all, thank you to Artist Twyman, our guest last week. And if you didn't catch that interview, there's a couple ways to get to it. It's real easy. We have it posted up on SoundCloud. All you got to do is just go to Sports Matters Radio Host, and you'll see it right there, the first track. Or you could go to KUCI.org, click Schedule, and look for Sports Matters. And as soon as you click on Sports Matters, it takes you right to SoundCloud. Right there, all queued up and ready to go. So convenient. Very convenient. I love technology. Now, once you figure it out, it took me a while to get all this figured out. Thanks to the help of Nathan, you know, putting it all together. We have it. Check it out. It's a great interview, and you can really hear the inner workings of the NFL, the Senior Director of Communications, how important he is to the Los Angeles Rams. A little bit of what he does and what he believes. Absolutely. But getting to the Rams camp, I know a lot of things made the headlines on Wednesday with, oh, the big scuffles, the Battle of Los Angeles, and you know, these things kind of happen with joint practices. I'm one of those guys where what happens in camp should stay in camp. Skirmishes are going to happen. They, they blew that a little bit out of proportion. Oh, yeah. But. And I even, well, I'll be not going to name names, but, you know, I just knew, like, oh, this is going to be headlines. And it was only in the first, like, five minutes of practice. We're at the sporting season, like, in this term, in this time. I'm sorry, why did I say term? In this time, the sporting season is it's in a lull. Training camp during the NFL, I mean, baseball isn't in the playoffs. Even though baseball is fun to watch, it's starting to heat up a little bit in terms of the AL wild card. But, I mean, this is where you, you have to find news. You have to really, you're just like you're reaching for something. You're really trying to find something and, you know, get people to click on it. I just think that it was a little bit kind of like that. It was just, it was not... I mean, these things happen all the time in training Well, camps. it made for a good story. You think about it. You got two teams here in Los Angeles, 
San Diego just moved up here this year. The Rams came back. I still think the Rams have a deeper roots in Los Angeles only because they were here before. But anyway, that's that's old news. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but, you know, it's just it made for a good story like, hey, this is the Battle of Los Angeles. You know, the media blows it out of proportion. You know, as you know, as 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 it usually happens, you know, with big stories like that. Well, the the fans were hyped to be there. Oh yeah, the fans were yeah. hyped. But you think about it from a fan experience. I tell you, like you said, football doesn't start for another month. However, attending these Rams camp and just really watching this team start to come together, it's been fun. I think what made it more fun is like artist says, every time you get a new coach in, or anytime you get a new coach in, there's this new energy and kind of comes with. But there's something even more special going on because I really love the vibe of the camp. And let me. I tell you, you know, Sean McVay, I, I, he wasn't happy with his offense during that joint practice. Had him stay on the field just to work some things out. And that's what I like about that. They strive to get better. And it kind of spilled over into the preseason game. That's a game that I did get to watch. Aside from the nerves and everything, obviously the starters did their job. Drove down, got a touchdown, probably the most unorthodox way. But Jared Goff played really well. Uh, Andrew Whitworth, all those guys, you know, all the starters. And I'm not worried about Todd Gurley. Even though he only had four carries with just a couple of yards, don't worry about him. He's going to be just fine. They're going to be open up holes. Now you got the home run threat of Sammy Watkins added to the team. Yeah, I was about to say that. You know, that <laughs> I, think, I think you're missing the biggest key bit of news there. You know. What am I missing? Sammy Watkins is here. And I and I like the trade. I love it. I like it a lot. I like who they got rid of a cornerback who's actually a very good cornerback for them. You know, they see some of these young guys that they like in the cornerback position. I don't know if you've seen if you've seen cornerbacks as you like. I mean, like, they, they do a good job on their defensive front. Like, their defense is strong. It's always been the offense is the problem. And last year was more of the offensive line not being kind of a combination of things, I'll say that. I think this, this is a Rams team that's looking to improve, and I think they did go out and improve in what they did. And, you know, the NFC West is a tough division to play. It in. is. Seahawks are great. Cardinals are great. 49ers were great. <laughs> They're not now. I think you you look you play a tough division of football. And what you need is you need some players that are going to be home run threats. And they get one with Sammy Watkins, and that's huge for them. But the other thing is they need to put you know keep Todd Gurley healthy. I know people are you just just like you said. I'm totally agreeing with your point that people need to stop worrying. They need to put a red jersey on him so that no one hits him. They need to make sure he's healthy going into this season. Oh, he will be. You know, they're actually taking the right protocol. Being there at Rams camp, you know, they're rotating the teams too when there was a joint practice. You had first team, second team, and then they're intermixing in other guys with the first and second team. And there's a few guys that actually impressed me. Uh, one being Nelson Spruce, wide receiver. You know, he was injured all last year, so technically this would be his rookie season, even though last year was his rookie season. He's really impressed me in camp. He really impressed me in, in that dual practice because every pass that was thrown his way, he was catching it. And the one thing I liked about about him he's the one guy that didn't drop a ball in, during the preseason game the nerves were going you know get back to the preseason game a lot of guys were catching the ball but losing the ball I think the Rams had like five fumbles but only lost one and able to keep four one of them ended up being at a touchdown <laughs> on the offensive end so a little birdie told me that he had a conversation with a certain someone Is I sure true? did I sure did in fact I caught up with him at the end of practice and let me cue this up right now I'll share that with you ladies and gentlemen Drake with KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and I'm standing in front of me is uh, Nelson Spruce. Nelson, how does it feel to be back home? Great. I mean, I've been here. This is, I'm going into my second year, so I've had a lot of time at home. Um, 
you know, I think it's an awesome situation for me being able to play in my hometown. So it's been it's been a great experience so far. Absolutely. So I, I know you missed last year. So technically, I guess you would be considered a rookie this year. So I know it, it stinks to miss time, you know, with an injury. How have you responded? Because you look pretty good out there today in practice. Yeah, um, it was just kind of a period where I, like, learned a lot about myself, you know, and it was definitely a learning experience for me. Um, but, yeah, like you said, I feel healthy and, I, you know, I feel like I can make plays now. So it's going well. Absolutely. I've seen how you're lining up, you know, as a wide out, as a slot. Where do you see yourself fit in with this offense? Because you seem pretty yeah. versatile as it is. Yeah, well, that's the thing about this offense. Like, every guy kind of, based on the formation, will play inside or outside. So I think if you want to be a part of this offense, you got to be able to kind of do both. So, you know, I'm trying to get comfortable with that. Absolutely. I even see you, you're uh, you know, taking some hunt returns. Are you going to be on special teams, you think, in the beginning part? Yeah, I'm going to have to do some special teams, I think, you know, preseason definitely. Um, you know, me and Sam Rogers are guys that are getting after it. So, yeah. Yeah. I, know the, I know the competition today was getting pretty, pretty yeah. hectic out there for a little right. bit. One last question is, what is Nelson Spruce's favorite meal? My favorite meal is Sam Rogers meatball sub. <laughs> he makes a mean meatball sub. Awesome. Thank you, Nelson right. Spruce. Yes, good luck to you. This is Kevin Drake with Sports Matters. So there you have it. Little words there from Nelson Spruce. You couldn't get away from the sounds. There was about yeah, eight thousand no. people there. There was no quiet place to do oh, an interview. I know. I, you're, you're out there on the field. That's it. <laughs> and you also went on the most hectic day. I mean, there's Chargers fans yeah. and there's Rams fans. So yeah, it was exciting. And I tell you what, this is a great way for fans if you want to get up close and personal with your favorite team, being the Chargers in Costa Mesa, being the Los Angeles Rams here at UCI. You should come on down. It's free. We're well, free, but you have to park for fourteen dollars. Yes, so yes, 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 but. You know, yeah, yeah, but that it's well worth it if you're a fan of your team. That's all I got to pay is fourteen dollars to park. I, I'm there. Sign me up. But yeah. you get up and close, personal. You really get to see the practices. You really get to see this team come together. And what another guy that I'm really impressed with? Actually, a couple guys, two quarterbacks, Jarrett Goff and Sean Mannion. I am really impressed with those two guys, and the fact that their accuracy and their confidence is just off the charts from what I've seen in practice. I've seen a lot of improvement. It's pretty amazing to watch. Well, that, that's kind of what those two are known for. I mean, Jared Goff probably has the bigger arm in terms of overall strength and throwing. But, you know, it's it's about accuracy. If you're as a quarterback, you know, Peyton Manning was one of the most accurate quarterbacks of all time. And look at what he's done, you know. And you look at Tom Brady. He's one of the most accurate quarterbacks of all time. And look what he's done. So you want to be accurate as a quarterback. These power throwers, they don't last very long in the league. But if you have the accuracy, you will last long in the league. And both of them have it. So, you know, that's that's a good job by the, whoever is scouting these quarterbacks for the Rams. And getting what Nelson Spruce was saying you know, about the offense, it's just how uh, Sean McVay's offense runs. It's just everybody is going to be lined up in different formations and you know different positions. So you got to be able to play a wide out. You got to play the slot. You know, lined up in many different areas. And that's what I love about the trickery of the offense. That's why the Rams' offense this year. I know we're not seeing much in camp. They're just more or less working things out, working out kinks, just getting trying to figure out what guys are going to are going to actually make the team. But I tell you what, so far what I've seen, I'm really liking it, and I think we're going to be really surprised when the regular season starts. 
But there's another guy that's really impressed me too is running back, Justin Davis, another gentleman that's really fighting to get on the team. He wears number 42. And I'll tell you what, he's been impressing me. He actually had a good preseason game. He, Nelson Spruce were playing really well. Sean Mannion was very accurate. I think Sean McVay was getting a really long look at uh, Sean Mannion because he played most of the first preseason game. Jared Goff was only in there for the first eight plays because once you take Andrew Whitworth out, you got to take Jared Goff out because that's his blind side protection right there. And to get what you're saying earlier, Matt, about the offensive line, it's a very young offensive line, but these guys are starting to come together. Man, if you look at the size and the strength and the, the brute force of that offensive line, they're going to start opening up holes for those running backs. Obviously, you got Todd Gurley, Malcolm Brown. I know Dunbar had, had a little bit of a setback with an injury, but this Justin Davis... This guy's explosive, and it'd be a nice, you know, offset. They're going to have a nice running attack, a nice passing attack now with Sammy Watkins, Robert Woods, you know, my boy Nelson Spruce. Man, I'm loving this team. And even then, a tight end, Tyler Higby's probably slated as a starter, but there's another tight end that's been really impressing me, Matt, is uh, Tamarek Hemingway, where's number 84. That sounds like a writer. (laughs) Yeah, it does. That's him, number 84. And he did have a couple drops in preseason, but I think a lot of that was nerves in that preseason game on Saturday night. But, you know, they'll work those kinks out. Preseason game two, you clean that stuff up. Just do what Nelson Spruce does. One thing I've noticed that he does, he catches the ball, he secures it, and then he turns up feel for the yards it's almost like automatic like he's just mr fundamental and that's what makes him so good because i've seen him play in college at colorado and he was amazing all over the place that guy was yeah i'm I'm excited for the regular season going to that kind of stuff makes me excited for the regular season but it's just far away it's like la olympics you know i'll be 30 by then but (laughs) let's not think about that anyways i want i want to talk about that conor mcgregor versus mayweather fight absolutely we haven't talked much about this fight it's just uh what can you say about it? It's, it's starting to get just dragged on and on. They're dragging this thing through the mud. The ticket sales, they claim to be, you know, under, but I, I'm not buying that, to be honest with you. People are going to go buy that in Vegas the day before and be like, oh, I didn't know that that was this weekend. Let's go. People spend an apps like an enormous amount of money in Vegas. I just think that if you're going to buy this fight for $100, you should know what you're kind of expecting. It's it's not going to be, I mean... With all this talk, with all it's, this it's talk, not going to be what's the talk is talking. It, I mean, shades of Pacquiao versus Mayweather. It was so much hype. That was one of the boringest fights yeah, I've ever I, seen. No, they, I was and, like, and it was too late. It, I really wish I, those guys would have fought in I their mean, heyday. He, Pac-Man is 42 at that point. It, Mayweather is about to turn 40 like in a few days after the fight. So it's like, yeah, you're getting the severe downhill like portion of this career. You're almost to the bottom of the hill. I get why Mayweather is saying, he's got to step on me. He's, he's a little bit faster than me. He's like, dude, you're the best boxer of all time in in your mind. I don't, I wouldn't, I put him in the top five. I wouldn't put him number one. I think Muhammad Ali is number one. Oh, Rest indeed. in peace. Rest in peace. But even you know, guys in his weight class, like you know, you're discounting Sugar Ray Leonard. I think he's one of the greatest. He fought every fighter that was qualified. He fought him. He and, fought him. And Mayweather and fought has, him over and over again. Mayweather he fought has a, Roberto Duran twice. He fought you know Tommy the Hitman Hearns, Marvelous Marvin Hagler. He fought some brutes. Yeah, and Mayweather has tiptoed around the best fighter in his in his class. But that's what he does good. He tiptoes around in that ring too. He's one of the best. I give him this. He's definitely the best defensive fighter out there. He is. Because he knows so how to. Fast. And he figured out a way, you know, how to win matches. Yeah. And I, I give it up to I, him. If you're expecting anything other than, you know, something boring, like I, I, I just don't 
Like, I think your expectations, like, if you're going to willing to pay $100 on pay-per-view, that's fine. I'm not going to try to tell you what to do. But I'm just saying it's not going to be what people are, are making it out to be. I thought that what got me going more is seeing both of them just going back at each other talking. I thought that was more entertaining to watch than this fight's going to be because they're just two of the premier trash talkers out there in terms of the fighting world. It'll be interesting to see kind of how that ends up shaping True. up. True. You look at Stanima, you know, uh, when... Conor McGregor, you know, he's used to fighting five rounds, five-minute rounds, where this one's going to be 12 rounds, three-minute rounds. Yeah. And Mayweather, he's got it down to a science. So unless Conor McGregor can get a lucky shot in there. Which could happen. I mean, like, people who are saying, like, oh, it's a 0% chance. Like, No, no, he has a chance. Zero, but it's it's close to zero. It's got to be close to zero. You know, it just takes one punch. Over his entire career, he has not had a big, devastating blow of a punch. I mean, if he would, he would have a loss on his record. But so I, I think. He's well, I the tell best. you, I don't know how he beat Oscar De La Hoya because if you look at the highlights of that fight when those two fought, De La Hoya at one point in a round was just wailing on yeah. Mayweather. I, I don't know how he lost that fight. He lost it by just a smidge amount of points. I don't understand that whole I, it, dynamic I mean, of the scoring. It's tough to watch boxing and horse racing when you just know the behind the scenes is just there's something going on in it i hate to break up that portion of it but any sort of sport where you have just one person you can easily throw matches but i'm not saying people do it like maybe they do it i'm sure there's more behind the scenes than right. we're giving credit for is what i'm trying to say uh, anyways in baseball news baseball is still going on in the regular season so we are in the heart <laughs> of the dog days right now yeah we are in the heart of the dog days and not much has really changed. I mean, the Angels are starting to fade. Dodgers are still looking strong. But other than that, you know, it's kind of it's been the same since the past week. There's not really been much of a change. The wild card is still you're super close in the AL. Well, the Angels are kind of the thick well, of things in right a wild card. They kind of control their destiny. They just gotta they string gotta control together their destiny, some wins. But they, they have been stringing together wins. Right now, they're in the wild card. But the thing is, is there's there's not a lot of separation between the first wild or the second wild card team and like the sixth team on the list. So you're six teams down and you're only three games behind. So it's like if you're the Toronto Blue Jays, who's the last person that I'm talking about on this, you're still in it. Three and a half games. Of course. I mean, you, it's still a lot of time still a left. a lot of time. 40 and the some fact games that the left. Angels are in the wild card picture. It's a great job. I mean, ever since gotten Trout back, and the pitching staff starting to get a little bit healthy. Tyler Skaggs returned. So, I mean, it's it's looking better. It's just such a tough thing to win. You just have to get timing has to be perfect. And right yep. now they're they're peaking at the wrong time, I think. And you know, I don't know. I, we'll see about this Angels team. But I have my faith. I, I I think they'll make the playoffs. Well, but. I tell you what, we've we've ran out of time. I know, but I'm so excited because I can't wait to pass it over to Kenny Jones. I know he's back. News and views. Yes, he's back, and we're. Excited. Excited to have him back in studio, and he's definitely got a nice show lined up for you. Until then, check us out at KCI.org. Click on Sports Matters, and it'll take you right to the SoundCloud because you got to catch that interview. Mm-hmm. Until then, check out the L.A. Rams camp. All Sports Matters. Matt, take it away. I love you, Grandmas and Mrs. <laughs> Jacobs. Good morning, wherever you are.